are elite. For everything you need to know about Mercedes Monet's AEW debut, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The whole what culture thing, I was fuming about it. And I felt like I was going up against them. If you're getting that person to pay for a ticket, give them a live experience that's worth that ticket. Even if you are the main draw, you have to understand that the show has to be bigger than you. I know this is going to pop some people and go to piss one person specifically. you, Booker Man. That's what Brian Pillman said that time. That's what I'm now saying to Andrew Bowers from North Wrestling. I respect you, Booker Man. I think that's the first time I've ever been told that. Really? You've never been told you? No, well, no respect for Andrew Bowers normally. No, not normally. No, no. Well, actually, no. I think there is some respect. I pay people on time. So there's that, that, which you know is what? a bit of a Twitter thing. I, I, can, I can say that that is a part of you I respect. Yeah, yeah. Always pay dead on time. That's it. <laughs> you know, like, I will say that to like other promoters. If you're going to start a show, just make sure you pay people. That's it. That easy, isn't it? The, the biggest issues I've had with, with, with anything I've done in wrestling is just chasing for money. Yeah, yeah. I think, well, there's a thing going on. There's a couple of wrestlers and a couple of people who have worked for shows that, at the minute who are chasing money. And I'm like, it's not that, not so well, yeah. Firstly, yes, you should pay people. I Obviously. That's really important. But also, secondly, I'm like, if you're a booker and you want to get, and even if you're doing it, if you're running a promotion because you want to be friends with wrestlers, spoiler, spoiler, I didn't. No. a wrestler promotion because I wanted to be friends with wrestlers but if that is what you want to do because there are a few, few people doing that, that the best way to do it is to just pay them yeah <laughs> the next day <laughs> two days later just pay them without without getting into the weeds too early because yeah. we're going to build to that like surely I just always think that surely if you're going to run a wrestling promotion have the money to pay people before you even sell a single ticket yeah. is that is that's I mean I, I don't run a promotion is <clears> that the uh, the general practice yeah definitely or, or what should be the general practice should be the general practice I think pro- I probably had enough for that first show that we ran I definitely had enough to put aside to go like oh, okay everyone will get paid mm. uh, apart from me which has been the general rule mainly for yeah like <laughs> but then like, I think you know after that there's definitely been times where we might be chasing the shortfall or whatever but I always say yeah you should always have enough money in the bank to make sure that everyone's paid for or don't don't take them on. Like, I mean, you can, there's ways and means of doing stuff. You can kind of, uh, I, I guess, like with merch and things like that, do the 
pre-release first and get people to pay you first for the merch and then get the merch and all of that type of stuff. There's, there's business ways of doing stuff, of bringing money in to be able to pay for stuff. Mm. But uh, yeah, ring fence the money. Yeah. Absolutely. If you learn nothing else from I Respect You Booker Man, from Andrew Bowers, pay people. Yeah. Jeez, come on now. It is shocking. And pay, pay your ring crew, pay the people yes! who do social media for you, pay the people who are working on merch for you. Don't make people... I mean, like, look, wrestling, there's not a lot of money in it. And actually, to run a show, it costs a fortune to do it. It's much like putting gigs on and things like that. People, mm. people, and actually, the way I put, look at it is... I mean, I'm probably going off. You'll find I'll go off on tangents. No, that's Tom fine. Knows that. Tom knows that. <laughs> Tange away. Tange away. This is obviously quite a difficult thing to do sometimes. But I've spoke to, obviously, Equity have been a part of uh, wrestling and trying to kind of like uh, help professionalize it, which I'm really all for, all of that. But a lot of people don't realize is that we're trying to run an 18-person ensemble theater piece, basically. <laughs> yeah. Maybe more than 18 people if you do a stupid eight-man scramble. <laughs> 26 but, so like, so pay is not probably where it should be. But if you want a wrestling show to be equally paid as a, as a, somebody in the theater would get paid at, and all your crew got paid at that level as well, you're probably looking at about £100 a ticket per person <laughs> like, to be able to afford to do that. So it is, but I would always say all your crew should just be paid, even if it's 20 quid for their time. Like... I don't like relying on the um, goodwill. Yeah, of trainees. Mm. A, from one point of view, I think it's a little bit kind of, uh, um, I don't want to say like predatorial, but it's virgin on that, where you're kind of using somebody's will and and, and like want to be a part of a show. You're mm. kind of going, oh, yeah. Well, it's I'm an old school mentality of you pay your dues by yeah. doing it for nothing. I say, well, no. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean, they're doing, I mean, even working our show, they don't do it for much. Like, I understand that I give them what they can. But um, I feel you should just pay people for some of their time. Yeah. Just, and I also think from a booker's point of view, because I'm not going to be able to book all these people, like all these trainers that we have, uh, trainees that we have working on our show, the likelihood of them coming and then working on our show is really slim. So I kind of feel if I've recompensed as well, yeah. and I've given you like the transaction is kind of done. So there's no, there's no. I, I, you're not, you're not, you're not bring, bringing them in on a false promise. Yes, which a lot of people do. Which yeah. I think in wrestling, false one promise. day kid, you'll be a star. Yes. Like, no. no, they're definitely not. Well, gonna be. One day kid, you'll get paid. There's your money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it'll be the day after the show. Thank you very much. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, was just, that wasn't how we expected to start, but we did. No, it wasn't. No, no. Uh, this is Andrew Bowers Hello. from North Wrestling, uh, based out of Newcastle upon Tyne. We are on the verge of the biggest show you have ever promoted. Yes. So 20 quids all round. Uh, <laughs> for, uh, for North Wrestling Thunderstruck, July 15th, yeah. uh, the Walker Dome in Newcastle. This is uh, with, without hyperbole, and, and obviously this is going to be very different into you because I've known you for many years now. Yeah, We've yeah. worked together yeah. for many years now. This is a massive undertaking. Yes, it is. I've done it when I've just had a child as well, so I'm a bit concerned. Do it all at once. <laughs> Do it all at once. Yeah. There's no harm, is there? No, I feel like, yeah, if you don't think about it, it'll just happen. If you <laughs> don't give yourself the time and space to breathe, don't worry about it. <laughs> You've, you, uh, North Wrestling has traditionally come out of the, the same venue uh, on a monthly basis. Initially, it was the Quayside in Newcastle. Mm -hmm. uh, nowadays, it is Anarchy Brewery yeah. just outside of Newcastle City Centre in Benfield. Uh, but this is Walker Dome. This is like a thousand seats. I think it could, yeah, it could potentially be more. Could potentially we'll, be more. We'll definitely be like 
squeezing it and yeah. making it look like we'll be doing the AEW <laughs> empty hard, the hard cam. cam side we might not no maybe we not, might not. Maybe not we though. might not yeah. why now um, there's a number of reasons I think we've been running for well since 2016 obviously we had about 18 months of desolate wasteland where me you and Chop did <laughs> Video podcast came around my house and just did podcasts, didn't we? And then we had to do them from my, I did them from my daughter's bedroom yeah. during the pandemic because <laughs> um, she had a ring light. <laughs> <laughs> That's why your eyes popped. That yeah. makes sense yeah. now. My skin looked fresh. I look great. But uh, no, so we've been running for like seven years. Um, and I think, you know, there's a number of reasons why we've done really well. And there's a number of reasons why I think we probably haven't. Have, haven't haven't exploded as say like probably like a London promotion might have done if they'd done put the amount of effort and time that we we have. Um, so this for me was a bit of a marquee one of kind of seeing an opportunity and going actually there's not been a big a larger scale wrestling show really done in Newcastle for since pre pandemic I would say. Mm. I mean I'm, this is no disrespect to Progress but they've ran like 300 cap shows 400 cap shows um, at the boiler how, uh, boiler shop boiler shop yeah where I got married. We should, <laughs> should know that name. You um, had a higher ascendance at your wedding, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> aye, aye, aye. It's all fun. No comment. It's all fun. It's all fun. <laughs> and there was a wrestling match. There was, wrestling. So, yeah. There was, yeah. Which was the highest attended wrestling show. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> we kid. We kid. But no, I hear he's like, progress yeah, like, yeah. really popped off, and they became, for a long time, the yeah. standard bearer for British wrestling. Yeah, without a doubt. Without, without a doubt. doubt. So, but, but it's funny that when promotions like that, no matter how much of a powerhouse they are, yeah. when they come to the north of England, yeah. it's a different ballgame. I think it is a different ballgame, and I think, I think I'm quite... I'm so I'll be I'm I'm relatively self-deprecating and I'm sometimes don't give ourselves enough or myself and ourselves enough credit. I think we've changed the ball game a little bit in the northeast because I think we are now the go-to promotion in Newcastle. And I think when others come to town, they've got to they've got to come up against us. We've cultivated a I mean, you know, the same will be said about us if we go to another town as well. So it's not yeah. it's not kind of saying, you know, we're now the biggest promotion in Britain and like blah blah blah. I think in Newcastle, we've spent so much time, re and you have as well, spent time cultivating a community around the show mm. so that when they come to a North show, it's like nothing else. So when you go to a Progress show or like an ICW show in Newcastle, they've got quite a lot to live up to. But that's because it's our city, it's our yeah. home. And there are people. So, you know, the next step for us, and this is part of it, is to kind of expand out of the 300 cap shows that we're doing and go, can we do it to A, I've always wanted to run a family-friendly show as much as I've said I haven't and very much made North the alternative to that. Mm. Running a wrestling show for everyone is obviously a, a, a really, uh, was a goal of mine from early on. So to be able to do that and to be able to run like a larger scale show is definitely the next step up from us. So uh, next step up for us. So I think, yeah, I think there's a couple of things. And then to kind of like, do you know, do the whole X Factor uh, uh, tearjerker story is that my dad passed away in August last year and I worked with my dad. He was business partner, friend, best friend, everything. He, he really was one of the most important people in my life. And I think when that happened, I came out of it and went, I'm, I do other things as well. Like I'm a graphic designer, I run another business as well, like a co-working space of varying levels of success at the minute with the way the world is. I think wrestling was the one thing that, and one of the things my dad had actually said to me was, he's always said, run your, run your other businesses like you run North. 
because that's there's a lot of energy around that and it's obviously something that you love and you can see that people are drawn to it and it does really well so really i came out the end like not the end i came out of a month or so after he'd passed away i just went i think i'm gonna do it and just if it falls flat on its face i don't really care um i think i've got to kind of just give it a go because i love it so much it's the thing i love like in my work life more than any of the other things I do. <laughs> I'm sure um, ex-employees will attest to that <laughs> in other businesses. But yeah, so I think it's been a, an amalgamation of a number of different things, really. But you, you talk about how much you love how much you love North. And, and I know that that desire and that passion for wrestling is something that's been with you for a long time. Yeah. Your, your first booking was through... Uh, Extreme Warfare Revenge. It was. Oh, man. Yeah. Which was okay. the which was a, a long-lost wrestling booking simulation It's only lost if game. you've lost it. You <laughs> yeah. it. Some have found it. <laughs> I think, yeah. Well, I've tried to play, like, Total Extreme Wrestling. Is it Total Extreme? I tried that, and it was, too, yeah. it was too much going on. It's a little bit like I was obsessed with Football Manager as a kid, and I was really good at Football Manager when I, up until about the age... Up until I had children, I think, <laughs> and I wasn't allowed to play it for... 24 hours a day. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I think the new ones, you go back to, I still play them, but I go back to them and go, and I'm a bit like, it's a bit old man. <laughs> Shakes fist at what? <laughs> old cloud. man yells at clouds. <laughs> it's like, oh, all, the, all this detail, it's a bit too much for us. <laughs> so a total, extre- uh, sorry, extreme warfare was, yeah, that was my number one. I loved it. And I still would go back and play it now if I could. And I, I've tried it, but it's just not quite the same. Tell me about something that you booked on, on, on EWR. Right. Oh, can you dig can you dig deep into yeah, can you flog can. your memory? So I can. So and actually, I think there's a little bit of a crossover here which I'll get to, which oh. I'm gonna pique your interest in it a little bit. Oh. I think. I might be wrong on it. Oh. But I used to love booking in uh there was a Canadian uh, Canadian wrestling company, ECCW. Yes. East Coast e- Championship Wrestling. That's the one. And they had, for some reason, I think it was because they knew the database editor. Like, I think it was like The Raven or something like that who made these databases, the real world databases that you could download or something like that. I might be wrong on that. But anyway, I love this little subset of like Canadian wrestlers. So you had Frankie the Mobster. <laughs> you had Fred Lamavey. Uh, Beef Wellington. Beef Wellington! Yeah, yeah. I remember Beef Wellington. And a, a number of other people. So I would just sign up these guys and honestly, we would have years worth of just... The, the, the thing about it was, was like you couldn't really like... It wasn't an in-depth storytelling editor with uh, storytelling kind of like bit in it. It was kind of just feuds and you would do it. But I would honestly have like by the side of it a load of text notepad things where I was just constantly writing what was happening, who'd screwed who, who'd done this. But there was one guy who became my champion because he, he, he charisma was the the thing that would actually get you over the most. A guy called Chris Sprules. No! <laughs> <laughs> and I was sweating God. Wow! So you have a link to him, right? I have. Uh, I've, it's been reported that I have a link yeah, to yeah. Chris Sprules thought, uh, through, so. through, um, yeah, through, through the Biggin and Wigan. Yeah. Uh, and so. I, I'm not shocked you, I'm not shocked at all that you made him champion as, <laughs> as we all learned on OPWO score on that cold night. And, <laughs> <laughs> Cold night in, I think, Aldershot. Uh, not even Wigan. That's the biggest lie about the Wigan in Wigan. It was was in Aldershot. It wasn't even in Wigan. Aldershot's Fairly sure it was in Aldershot. And is that quite far from Wigan? Quite far. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I guess I just heard a northern accent in my in my Midlands naivety and just went, Wigan and Wigan. Thriller Manila, Wigan and Wigan. That well, flows. I've, I've never let uh, uh, inaccuracies get in the way 
of, of a good turn of phrase. <laughs> well, as we found out, well, when was this? 2007? 2005. 2005. It was 2023. We're still fucking talking about it. I know, right? <laughs> We're coming up to like the 20th anniversary of the Biggin and Wigan. I, think I have said to you before, we should book Chris Bulls versus Cage Tyler one more time. Well, the thing was, I reckon, and this is like the power of like the internet or whatever, that, especially that in the early 2000s, uh, kind of era of it, he must have had something to do with the database editor. He must have because his charisma was like ninety three. <laughs> <laughs> unless it was, unless it was added as a bit of a joke. It could have been. It could, it could have, been. have been a bit of tongue in cheek. But it could have been. It probably was off the bigger and Wigan. Then it was probably off that could video have been. where somebody else has then gone and seen it and gone. This guy, look get him <laughs> in, get him in there. Brilliant. So he was your champion. Yeah, uh, yeah, he would have been for a bit. I mean. Let's let's not lie. In 2005, we hot potatoed that belt around quite a bit. Yeah. Him, Chance Beckett, he was a good one. Chance I don't Beckett. even know if these people are real. <laughs> Although Fred Lamave, if you if you are around, I'd love to speak to you. And Frankie the Mobster, he's real. He looks quite scary, actually. We should have like an ECCW reunion Can you at a North show. For an audience of one, that would be fantastic. Yeah, not even the wrestlers would understand. <laughs> the Why have show. we been booked in Newcastle upon time? <laughs> right, come here. I've got this laptop. <laughs> I must show you the story behind it. Yeah. So when did the, when did you finally decide to go? I'm I'm done playing it. I mm. want to build it because it was because it built from scratch. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. where do you start? So this so I went to a show that you were working on, Absolute Wrestling at Linskill Centre in North Shields, Yay. and that was the first time. So like, so I think I, I think like a, a load of people loved wrestling. I then became probably a little bit too too cool and hipstery for it when I was a student <laughs> and then met a guy called actually he works for a a, a competitor brand you know Sidgwick yeah Sidgwick. yeah Michael I Sidgwick met, I met him when we worked a really really crap job we worked a real crap job together at a place called Bruin Dolphin in Newcastle we were on 13,000 pounds a year for full time and not job. and not even the chance of getting booked in the main event to <laughs> yeah, come exactly. in every, what, honestly it was unbelievable right so but we so he was into wrestling he was massively into wrestling massively into Japanese wrestling that type of thing I hadn't really been into Japanese wrestling I'd only been into what you'd kind of seen TNA Impact around um, when was that when did Angle join Impact oh, 2006 TNA. yeah so that whole like Samoa Joe Angle like uh, the Samoa Joe when he came through as uh, the X Division champion and was unbeatable and all that. So that's kind of when I started getting back into wrestling. Yeah. The 2011, uh, the pipe bomb. Was it 2011? Yes. Yeah. Obviously then, I think that brought, I think it was, sorry if it was wrong. You'll find that I don't have a very good encyclopedia. <laughs> it's around 2010, 2011. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, when that came back, that's when I really got back into wrestling. So from then through to 2016, I didn't really get interested in British wrestling. I think all I'd seen it British wrestling was was uh, like UK Undertaker, UK Kane, <laughs> all of those in like the bakery, like the posters in the bakery, uh, on, like, like, yeah. like <laughs> and then but then like D'Lo Brown, <laughs> UK D'Lo Brown, no US D'Lo Brown. Yeah, yeah, that must have been a weird yeah. experience for D'Lo Brown. Yeah, to be fighting the UK Undertaker yeah. <laughs> and legitimately going, I'm not losing to this Undertaker. <laughs> 
Yeah. Do you think UK Undertaker also had the stroke backstage to be like, I don't <laughs> that do doesn't the... doesn't work for me, brother. <laughs> I don't do, do the job to do <laughs> I love. I love. I've got. I've got an inkling. I got a hunch as to who the UK Undertaker was. Me too. And I'd love to ask and just say whether or not they they took that to I the think, nth degree. I think we could probably message him and just ask him and just say, did you ever refuse to lose to D'Lo Brown? <laughs> no, but I did the Rock, which I think Rock steadfast. Rock steadfast. <laughs> Is a bit like, you know, uh, the guy from Succession who's in Johnny Five who played an Indian guy? Yeah. I think it's about the same sort of un... Yeah. It was a bit too much fake tan put on. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, mm, you're, you're, you're playing a black guy there, lad. That's, uh, that's you're, a, you're from Hartlepool. Actually, <laughs> well, actually, that's worrying. I, I, I have such a love, mm. a love for that era. Yeah. Going to one of the first wrestling shows that advertised the LOD. Thinking it was a tag team. No, one guy. <laughs> Just one he called the LOD. <laughs> the LOD. I really wish that. You know Brilliant. what? I think. He did a rock bottom as a finisher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Best night of my life. Spider-Man on the opening match. Great night. <laughs> I love about Outlaw it. wrestling. That so is. right now, this is, this is why you know, social media makes it harder and rightfully so for promoters now. Imagine... If we could use those tactics. <laughs> You're just living that we can't. <laughs> yeah. We can't put Undertaker on for Thunderstruck and the Walker Dope. Undertaker and UK in tiny yeah. letters. Just, yeah. Or just a cameo <laughs> from like Gilbert. We did that once actually. I often I've pitched this on a, on another podcast that we did. It's nice that I could pitch this to you mm. uh, officially, which is the idea of having a series of promos that runs month to month that just says the legends of British wrestling are coming back to take what's theirs. Right. And it ends up being UK Undertaker. <laughs> UK Kane, UK Austin, UK Rock, I've, and they're a faction. I've actually, I'm sure we've talked about this because yeah. I've actually seriously, so there's a few of us that Do work it. on North. I'll come back to where we started it, but there's a few of us now that work on like uh, the creative side of stuff and kind of like. Bowers doesn't let me for whatever reason. <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> Is it because I, I just, because I'll just, no, because I'll walk into the meeting and go, right, UK Undertaker, UK Kane. <laughs> yeah. It's all we need. I listen to What do you mean? What do you, what do you mean, leave? I listen to everybody's suggestions. <laughs> that, is the, that is the most diplomatic answer you could <laughs> ever. Hey, I listen to all suggestions. Politics is real in wrestling. Amazing, amazing. Um, the true politics of wrestling is in I think room. I've pitched that. I think I've pitched UK Undertaker. Brilliant. And UK Kane. So, Seriously, though? So Walker Dome, yeah? Main event. Okay, let's have a chat about that. Oh! <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh my god! Can you imagine? The would, best day of my life. Would Fight TV allow it? They would. Yeah. Be fine. As long Just as spell Undertaker wrong. <laughs> Undertaken. With a Y in the middle. <laughs> I spell Kane C A I N. You'd be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? We've you know. got some people who could actually do it. As well. Mickey Ruckus to make a parody version of their music. <laughs> well, Jimmy Hart if he's around. Be fine. Be fine. What was the question that? See, this is what so, happened. So, yeah, so the, it was, you were talking about like getting back oh, into yeah. love wrestling, but not really being aware of Brit wrestling outside of like that era. So, yeah, outside of that. So then me and my friends decided we'd seen these posters around and we're like, actually, that looks really good. And actually, I know obviously Chop work for Chop, who does, um, what does Chop do? Well, well, it's. <laughs> You love this. Hangs bit. around backstage. What does Chop do? So, uh, Chop, we, I think we've mentioned him a few times on 
maybe the SmackDown review in other places. If you if you if you stay, at, which oh, is a travesty in the Yeah, I think he has come up in conversation. <laughs> um, so chop base is James Haley. So yeah. James uh, used to do Absolute Wrestling. Yes, and then he came over to to the North yeah. Wrestling, the Dark Side. Uh, he it. He, yeah, he, he was on. He was on Absolute the same night he was at North. What's that all about? Uh, and uh, so he runs what we kind of. I don't know whether you're in on this that we've kind of dubbed the chop position yeah which is yeah, like yeah. the gorilla position so it like is. chop sits behind the desk uh the curtain at north with the with the laptop that contains the video and the yeah. music and he has one big, one big button that says play <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sometimes he presses stop but <laughs> you know what we'll get in there yeah. but no so he kind of he's kind of like the face that people yeah. see just before they go out yeah yeah, yeah in yeah. and around that area he so is. yeah yeah so so he worked for them and i remember um there's another guy, Dan Lysett. Dan Lysett. And he, I think he now does the War Flags. Yes. Yeah, so so uh, Newcastle United fans will know of Dan Lysett because yeah, yeah. of War Flags. They Which just, is incredible. Yeah, those amazing, yeah. amazing pieces that they do where they just have hundreds of thousands of fans holding yeah. up incredible pictures. And, and it's just, oh, it's and the grains, all amazing. That. So I think that was the thing where, as a, I'm a graphic designer as well, but he was way ahead of, streets ahead of what I was doing at that point. Um... And I saw those graphics, and I saw what they were doing, and me and my mates were like, shit, this looks like it's actually good. Oh. Shall we go? So we went, and me being a bit of an arsehole, got pissed. <laughs> saw that it was really good, and went, I want to work on this show. So I went to go and speak to, I think, um, I can't remember, um, Drew, who worked there as well, Try to get myself like in there, and I'd actually had the I had had the idea of doing a wrestling show, and I had some money saved up, which I was going to do. I was going to do something with, like not a lot, but a little bit where I was going to start a little project or whatever. And I kind of said like, "Pissed, I've got some money that I'd quite like to. I'd want to bring me in, boys." <laughs> of course, they said no. <laughs> like, like at the time, though, maybe as you know, this is like seven years ago. Trying to find my way a little bit more. I saw it as a bit of a challenge then to go like, what? Well, take what you fucking want me So, uh, do you know how how many times in our lives does something yeah. great come from that feeling of, oh, I'll fucking show you? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think exactly that. And I think, but it was very much like, oh, I don't want to do what you're doing though. And I was very, I'm very, I've been, I'll be very clear. Like, I really enjoyed what they did, and actually, we ended up working together on a couple of things. And I, th I think we became really complementary. And I also believe that. As long as you carve your own niche in your area, I believe in kind of uh, like abundance and that there'll be enough people there to come to you as long as you do what you do well. Yeah. Um, so it literally came from that. And I think what had happened was I got ill, probably off the back of the hangover I had. I got tonsillitis and I was lying in bed playing Extreme Warfare. I loaded it back up, found it again. And it was one of those things I was like, so seven years ago, I was like early 30s, 31. And I just went, uh, I can't be playing this again. Like, I can't be loading up the old game files. I should be doing this for real. So I actually then just started to put it together, piece it together. Got, I got a name, which, to be honest, the name now, I'm like, I wish I'd chosen something that was a little bit more scalable because mm. it does feel like it's a little bit regional. But, hey, like, I think it is synonymous with what we do enough in it, and it is. But that was the name for it. I had the idea of putting on one show and seeing what could happen from it. Um, I never thought we'd do two shows. And I just started sending emails out. And I think the first emails I sent out were to Howard Drake, H.D. Drake, 
ring higher. I don't even think it was him first. I think it might have been Alex Henry um, and Liam Slater were the first two people that I emailed saying, how much is it to hire a wrestler? And where do you get a ring? And and I, like I did I did try and do it from a point of view of like I want to make something I want to do I want to do something for an adult audience because I think ICW had been so successful here, um, but were very sporadic in their kind of shows. I think they only did one one two a year at best. Mm. So there was a little bit of a niche market there, and I wanted to do something that was like fun and enjoyable for wrestlers to work. So something that was an enjoyable show for people to come and work for rather than just just be there for I guess. Yeah. Um, and then when he kind of like, when I saw how much it cost to hire wrestlers and stuff, I was like, really? You're getting paid the same as what my band was getting paid when I was like, in a terrible band. I was like, <laughs> right, cool, we can do this. Because suddenly it feels a bit more manageable then. You, yeah. In your head, it's always like you thought it would much, be yeah. much more. Without a doubt, without a doubt. And I think it's still, yeah, the thing is though, then it all starts to add up and it all gets a lot more difficult as time goes on and you start to realize, oh, you need this type of insurance. You need... And as time, you know, you need medics, you need a videographer, you need this, 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 and it becomes a bigger machine. But yeah, I think I had the right amount of arrogance and the right amount of complete naivety to do it. Because I think if I'd known how much it took to actually run a successful show and run a show to a standard that I'd like to run it at, uh, I probably would never have done it because it is hard. It is hard work. But yeah. So, so I think that was the genesis of it. Really. When it comes to the name, obviously you, you, you're upset because the name isn't as scalable, yeah, which yeah. I get. Uh, what names were on the cutting room floor? What was North Nearly? Oh, you know what? I think it was literally the first one I came with. You went North, North. Don't yeah. You. And it was like, you know where it came from? Because it's, it's in all capitals. We had a show called All Caps. Still, mm. some people don't capitalize it. It's, <laughs> it's another driver to keep me going because it means that people, we're not as big as we need to be yet. But it was it was pretty much Noah. You know, pro wrestling Noah's capitalized. And I was like, North, that kind of sounds like nice. And like the polar bear thing, it was northern. And, I, you know, I really liked PWG and they had, you know, gorillas. And I was like, ah, there you go. That'll do. So that, so that's because <laughs> the next I was going to ask you was about was about <laughs> yeah. old polar, polar bear with the third eye. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of just grown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when it, why did the polar bear get a third eye? I know I know this isn't one of the questions you were expecting. It was on the docket. Why did the polar bear get a third eye? The polar bear got the third eye when we started uh, when we started to kind of break to a point where we were getting like two hundred people in the door quite regularly, mm. and we went from kind of being like a very local promotion where um, it was very you know we had our I mean, the first show we had 160 people through the door, which isn't bad for the first show. And the second show we had 75. <laughs> so, like, when we maybe I'd say eight or nine shows in, and we'd hit a bit of a run, people started pretending, calling us a cult, and because I think people ah, were so yeah. vociferous about it as well. There was like the, the audience was so into what we were doing, and I think that again that goes back to the whole thing about Newcastle, and it's like we are disconnected geographically, and I think almost you know. Uh, intellectually, like disconnected from the rest of the country, a lot of a lot of the country get to Sheffield and go. Oh, well, you must be near Sheffield. It's two and a half hours away in the car. Mm. We're still <laughs> far away from you know Sheffield. So I think um, because we were given an audience something that wasn't being given elsewhere. I think people just got really into it, so we just really lent into that a little bit. Because it was, but the, when you talk about like there was something that wasn't there before, I mean, you, were, you know, North was sort of coming along at the time where there was, yeah, yeah. because we had uh, WCPW slash Defiant that oh, was God, a, 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 it's amazing, yeah, but that yeah, was because yeah. that was like a, a, a monster, a behemoth of a, of a British wrestling promotion. Yeah. 
run in happened to be running the northeast. Honestly, I think that was the first. So one one thing I'll just add to I think doing north and putting together north. I'm someone who has struggled with sporadic kind of like real confidence and probably verging on the side of arrogance to mm. like crushingly low self-esteem and projects would like I would start with it was I was a musician beforehand that's what I loved doing I was in a band and we did, I was in a band for from the age of like 13 till I had uh, my second child Annabelle I went when I was like 26 we stopped playing um and that kind of like there was a gap that needed to be filled but I would just you know if the project hit a anything that I did creatively hit a hit its first hurdle I would just pack up and go home and be like nah I can't do this. I can't get my head around it. I can't physically get into the mental space to just keep going. So we start. I started the idea of North in January 2016. Booked the show for end of July, July 30th, I think it was something like that. And in that time, <laughs> around about May, and I had Will Osprey booked for that show as well. In the time of like, I was like, I give myself a good six, seven months to promote it and understand the business of it. Uh, the biggest promotion in the UK decided to uh, bring itself up and <laughs> what culture pro wrestling came about. And they started off around about the same size as us, I would say, the first couple of shows, but bigger. Mm. And it was like, oh, God. And it, this was the first time, and Jade, my wife, will attest to that. It's like, I very much thought, like, no, I don't think I can do this anymore. Like, I, don't, I think... You yeah. immediately saw that hurdle and started packing up. Yeah. Oh, there would have been definitely times where I just thought, we're not going to do it. There's no point in doing it. Um, they also booked Will Ospreay for, we, we, you know, we had said we're going to be the first place to book Will Ospreay. He wasn't huge at that point. Like, he was big in British wrestling. He'd done quite a bit for progress. Um, but I think he'd just been on Best of the Super Juniors. So it was like big coup. For was this us. after that match with Ricochet? Yes, that, that it set was, the world on fire. It was a. It was literally. I think we just announced him, and then mm. he had that match. So it was like things are going our way. And then obviously, what culture picked him up, and then had a run of shows, probably two or three shows, before we had ours. And it just yeah, it was crushing. It was like, and then I met Will Osprey, and then the first, the only time I ever met Will was he was at the merch stand, I introduced myself. Said hi, and then a fan passed out right next, right next to us, passed out on the floor. So he went then to go and see to them, and I kind of ran off to get a security guard, and then came back, and then I, it was like, all right, cool. And this was this is at What Culture Show, and then the day before, less than twenty four hours before a big show, Will Ospreay cancelled his uh, booking with oh, us. Geez. So this whole like thing was just like, oh crap! Like it was a real test of like whether I can actually do it or not. Um, the whole what culture thing was, I was fuming about it. But looking back, I'm like, again, it's that internal, internalized fuming. That mm. it, like, I completely understood. And actually, you know, I became friends with Jack and Pachiti, and actually they ended up being on our show a couple yeah. of times, doing a couple of bits here and there. But at the time, it was like, oh, no. And I felt like I was going up against them. In reality... There was no like we were, we were like one twentieth of the budget. We, we like we would, and it was a different audience as well because yeah. I think that with 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 WCPW it was in Newcastle by geography alone. Yeah, like it didn't truly feel like it belonged in Newcastle. Not not that it 
not that it was disrespectful to Newcastle, but it no, didn't no. feel like it was connected other than the fact that the, the offices of what culture are in Newcastle. And it benefited us massively because I used to go and fly the shows. I remember us flying outside uh, yeah. and a, a WCPW show. Yeah. I remember we watched Pachiti getting a bunch of stunners. Yeah. And then me and you went outside, Ran outside. started handing out yellow flies. Yeah. And I remember fair, that being a thing. I met with Pachiti and Jack uh, in Newcastle, like not long after it. And it was like, oh yeah, actually... I don't know why I'd, I had internalized that so much, like, oh, they're going to destroy us. Because we actually ended up just becoming a our own thing. Yeah. By definition of having something that was, like, similar in content only, we then very much had to go, right, well, what's our niche then? What's our thing? And, like, we weren't competing with them. Like, there was no way. But in... I also quite like the fact that it was like this naive, like we're gonna fucking beat you. What was strange was by the by the end, and I think the yeah. the story of sort of, of WCPW is a, is a fascinating one. Yeah, to, it really is to follow. Sort of like how somebody needs to do like a YouTube essay documentary oh, on it because it would be wonderful. It'd be incredible yeah, just to really be. go into the weeds on the the highs and the lows yeah. and sort of those and that last bit of run when the money wasn't there and suddenly it kind of defaulted back to being a, a northeast yeah. a newcastle promotion and tried to sort of get some of that rah-rah behind it and yeah. they but it wasn't there because it had never been there no so suddenly you were le- you were, you were leaning back on like hey up well, the north am i right yeah well it was like you'd have rory would work it obviously and i think he did i think some of the work he did there was brilliant he amazing ended, yeah he ended up getting on the pwi 500 which obviously we know is a kayfabe list but it's still wonderful it's a big yeah it's still a big deal to be a part of oh, huge and for me to see him on there it was like what like the rest yeah. of the world must be tiny in that respect like we've done that and obviously you got his platform was defiant really to get to there but yeah it was brilliant to see that but they had <clears throat> Benji and O'Connor Enshaw worked on that as well and it was like I think it was a real lesson in what wrestling promoting and running a wrestling promotion actually is it isn't necessarily about booking the biggest stars not for me anyway it's about building your own thing that people want to come to the show has to be bigger than the stars that you've got on there mm. the wrestlers that you've got on there you can't have like you can't have on a you know in, uh, on a February night, uh, Moose, Bret Hart, Eric Bischoff, mm-hmm. um, like all of these, and then there was other, somebody else. Was on. Jim Ross was on commentary that night, yeah. and Jim Cornette, I think. Yeah, and I think it's like, was, I, I would love to know who was main event. That I think it was something insane. Was it Kurt Angle and Joe Hendry? It could have possibly been something like that. Or Kurt Angle and Del Rio. Something. I think it was that, and then but then on like in March, well, what are you going to do next? Like, yeah. if you're not. At least, uh, that's the hardest thing about running a wrestling show is that you've kind of got to like ebb and flow, but you've got to make the ebb and f- the ebbs and flows, this, you know, not too high or too low. You've kind of got to try and one up yourself as you go on. Um, now, if you're doing that by spending loads and loads of money, it's like how do you how do you spend more money? You just bring in, you're gonna I don't know who's next. How do you manage that ebb and flow um, as a promoter yourself? Uh, I think we're only starting to do it now and I think we're only starting to do it from our benefit and I think uh, to, we're starting to use it to our benefit. So like we do have some shows that are less um, well attended or less kind of or have less interest in and then we have other ones that are just like, you know, sell out in you know a week or whatever. I think it centers all around storylines and I think it centers all around the stories that you're telling in the ring and that's why I'll always go back and I've said this in... Um, you know, pre-show meetings to wrestlers and things like that. It's like, you have to understand that the show has to be bigger than you. Like, even if you are, 
the main draw and you're only being flown in for 15 minutes and you know like Effie was <laughs> had that even Effie understood you know he had a part in the show to play and it's very much fit into that part that shows the, that shows the bigger the bigger picture here and I think since we started doing that and understanding that each show has to have a narrative within it and then it has to have these open-ended storyline loops that are then connected to other stories uh, other shows I think once we've done that, you then start to gauge a bit of a, or not gauge, you start to garner a bit of a, I think with our audience, they're a bit like, oh, what's going to happen at the next North, North show? I'm just going to buy a ticket for it anyway. I don't care if they've got, you know, Shigahiro Iria versus Will Cruz on this one. Like, I want to see that, definitely. Mm. Or if they've got Effie coming or Ali Catch or, you know, Scotty Too Hotty or whatever. They're more bothered about just coming to the show because so. you've had a, you've had times where the shows have come close to selling out before a single match has been announced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just based on the on the, the 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 energy from the previous one, definitely. And I think almost like the promise of what we're going to do next. I think it's been the biggest one. So we've obviously got a few storylines that are coming into this show that are culminating from you know a number of maybe a year or so of kind of build to them and people didn't really realize that that's what we were building to. And then you get to that point where people start to go, like in the last show we had, so we're main eventing with Leon Slater versus Liam Slater. And it was that moment at the end of the show where people, there was a double header kind of boisterous behavior, lost their belts earlier in the night. Then it was them two in the final scramble when it, uh, to, to win a chance to face Liam Slater at the big show. And you have these two moments, which I just absolutely like, hairs on the back of my neck went because everyone got it, was the first one of Doris and Leon Slater coming up and everyone going, oh, it's going to be them, it's going to be one of them, who the hell's it going to be? And then it was like, way, Leon won. Oh, it's Liam versus Leon. And I think that's kind of, you've really got to understand those moments and those like bits of storytelling are why we run wrestling promotions. Like, I'm not a dream matchmaker. I just don't, I'm not interested in it. Like, we'll throw some in there, here and there. Uh, I think if you become a dream match show, it's way too hard to hit the, the The ebbs and flows will be very much dependent on who you can bring over at a certain point from America. You're not building your own talent and you're not building your own show. So I think, yeah, yeah. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Thunderstruck was only announced uh, a month or so ago. How long has the process been to booking it? Like, how are you, like, how long has the path been for you since you started booking towards it? Yeah, we've thought about this show probably. Uh, like, did you know what the main event was going to be? And yeah. uh, well, when did you know what the main event was going to be? I think the start of the year-ish. Yeah. A few, a good few months ago. We probably didn't. We had, like, probably bigger aspirations of, like, could we get, like, Danielson? Could he come <laughs> and face Liam? Or, like, could it be, like, Daniel Garcia or somebody? And then, actually, some of the issues we had with that were AEW announced the show on the 15th, so 15th of July in Canada, we can't get anyone there. We've got good links with Impact now through Joe Hendry. Um, they had a weekend of, of, of taping scheduled in after we had paid a deposit on that <laughs> on that weekend. Um, so, like, all of a sudden, you kind of go, "Well, actually, there's not anyone that we can. There's no. There's the the guys that we were going to take from there to come and work on our show. We're not going to be able to do that. So, who the hell can we get? We did get Mercedes Martinez in the end, which is brilliant, and Joey Janela." thanks to TNT, who had him over anyway. So, But it then became apparent that we've really got to work on what we're doing and sell. As much as it's nice to have imports coming in, you want to, I want people to be more interested about seeing the North guys. So when we then went, oh, well, who's it going to be for Liam? It was kind of like you, you start to put a list together of people that it could be, and you kind of like, you go, it could be them, it could be them, it could be them. You know, it could be Leon Slate there. It could be them. It could be them. <sighs> I don't think it should be them yet. Or they're not going to be here around for a certain period of time. So actually, they can't hold the belt for a bit. Or they can't go for this. They can't go for that. Should it be Liam? Should it be that? And then you go, what about Liam versus Leon? What can we do about that? Mm. And then all of a sudden, you start to kind of go, that could be fun. Aware as well that when you're thinking about this at the start of the year, when you know that some of the other options aren't there, mm. you go, well, what, whoever I choose from this list, we've got five, six months yeah. to tell that story yeah. and get them there. I think that's the thing. Is like, we, we're like, For me, I'm like, I can't see, much in the same way as I couldn't see anyone taking the belt from Rory. I'm like, I honestly can't see anyone taking the belt from Liam now because he's just... He's like quintessential North now. For this, like, mm. I feel like this period, Rory has done so much for North, and like he he was so synonymous with us. I couldn't see anyone taking the belt off him. So then, Liam would float it around. Like, could it be him? Could it be Liam? And there was, I've, and I've said this to Liam, and Liam will say the same. There was a couple of matches that he had where I went, oh my god, I'm not actually sure it is Liam. As much as I want it to be, mm. I'm not really sure it will be. And then I think I might have even voiced that to him and gone like, oh, I, did, I did think that, but and I think he even went, yeah, a couple of those matches I had went a bit flat. Like, no, I don't, I don't really see that. And then from there, we then did this run to let's just see where we get to, and we'll do you versus Rory, and let's just see where we get to. And by the mm. time we got there, it was like, oh god. Yes, of course it's him. And now his runs have just been brilliant. Um, I'm in that same predicament again where I'm like, I don't see anybody as good as him. But you're almost like you give them the crown and then they kind of, just by giving them it, 
then you can see how see where they go from there. But yeah, I yeah, I don't know whether Leon could do it or not. It's a difficult one. He's so he's so young. He is a young guy, and I don't know whether um, he'll be here to be honest. And if I if I'm to be full curtain pullback, yeah, scheduling might be difficult for him anyway. So uh, uh, yeah, we don't know. This is the this is the uh, the the selfishness of Leon Slater being so good. Yeah. that America is calling him. Yeah, now. I think the rest of the world is as well. You know, I could yeah. see him in Japan. You could see him in America, and and I really hope so. I really hope that he does. He's just phenomenal. Has anybody outside of Liam Slater has anybody come along that has made you? change course on plans and you've gone actually them that person mm, um you know not necessarily out of I, I no i wouldn't i wouldn't say so really i think actually yeah no i say <laughs> i'm trying to think uh bad boy gym gang i think yeah g money like us gym i think they were the ones where now i love gene i always have loved gene um, he came up with the idea of being a, a basically a face playing a heel and being a reluctant heel and being like coerced by his shit wolves to be to, to, to learn how to be a heel Cause, yeah because his story was the fact that he wanted to learn how to be a bad guy yeah so it's so it's it's you can't not love him as he's there trying like to get like bad bad guy shenanigans right and failing and yeah and and now we're at a point with him though where he is a bad guy and people are booing him and it's the right way it sh it's the way it should be it's like he's like graduated as a heel i love that and i think that organic growth to that is like that's the that's the key to it i think with any kind of wrestling story or wrestler you kind of have you can have all these plans and you can have all these things and say hey we're going to do we're going to go from point a to point b and we're going to do like all these bits and we're going to hit them and it's going to be totally fine. That, ne that has never, ever happened in anything that we've ever done where we've just gone from point A to point B and hit all the points and, and, and it was exactly as we planned. Because invariably what happens is the audience decide for you what's going to happen next or who's over or who they like. And I think Bad Boy Jim Gang were the ones for us where they just, you could see as they went out, the more fun they were having. And like you could see with the post-show um, promos and stuff like that, the more fun they were having, the more like cohesive they were becoming and the more, they're like no one else on the show. And I think they're the ones where I went like, oh, yeah, you'd be good for that. Like, so when they, they won the belts recently off uh, Boisterous Behaviour, they were the ideal candidates for it. I mean, Boisterous Behaviour probably been the most popular thing we've ever done and that was organic as well. Um, that because was, that wasn't meant to be a tag team. No, it wasn't. That was, <laughs> and <clears throat> we've seen, <clears throat> we've seen man like Doris and Leon Slater popping up in other places. But <clears throat> I remember that night at North, whereby it was, um, it was supposed to be man like Doris and Visage. Yeah. Visage got injured. Visage got injured, couldn't make it. Leon Slater happened to be in the building. Yeah, he'd, he'd done the pre show match. Mm. I think it was a four way pre show match between Eve Bateman, Jet Marshall. Natalie Sykes and Leon Slater. And he was just becoming that person that everyone was like, and obviously Liam trains Leon. And he had been saying for, for, for so long, it's like, just watch him, just watch him, make sure you're the first one to get on. And it was just that, you know, he's so young, he was 17. And I was like, I'm not sure I want to do that. And then did the pre-show, brilliant in it, as were, the, as were they all, to be fair. And Doris went, why don't I just tag with, Leon 
And I'd given him a few suggestions, which obviously I won't name. And he's like, absolutely not, absolutely not. Absolutely <laughs> not. Leon, and it was like, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, let's give that a go. See how that goes. And from there, they just exploded. And they'd been at other promotions as a tag team as well. They hadn't. No. no, 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 not not until not until after North. Oh yeah, yeah. So Since after, North, yeah, they yeah, have yeah. they've been because one PW champions. Yeah, yeah. And then really that's exploded. off the and that's off the back of that moment in time. Yeah, literally a moment before the show. Whilst we're in Anarchy, going, I think it's gonna. Be, I think I'm gonna tag you with this person. And Doris going, No man, if I'm gonna tag with someone, I want it. I want to tag with someone that I want to wrestle with yeah and it was like yeah okay fine cool and that was a, that was a point where i think i went yeah actually if you're going to go and get in the ring with someone and tag with them i want you to be comfortable enough confident enough to trust that person and from the moment they stepped out it was like oh god like not before they even wrestled it was like these guys are amazing and then it was the whole watch the lights thing and leon literally tore down some festoon lighting that was above. <laughs> yeah. Smashed. He smashed a. In the same match, he smashed a like a light, a spotlight. Smashed that. Um, I'm delighted he did because it gave me one of my favourite commentary calls for you. What was that? Which was uh, the night they won the tag titles. I shouted, "Watch the lights, but reach for the stars." <laughs> that is narrative. It's almost like we've planned it. I know, right? <laughs> I'm going to use it again. I love that. But I think that's, but that shows you the importance of kind of just rolling with it. And I think running a wrestling show is like, you do have to roll with it. It does have to be organic. I think sometimes in those moments of opportunity, you actually do get people, it's the brass ring thing. It's like, it's actually, it's actually not manufactured that whole opportunistic kind of. No, because, because, you know, we, you, as you say, it was, it was happened. It was happenstance that he was on the pre-show that day. Mm-hmm. And then what happened, happened with the tag titles and fast forward, He's about the headline, your biggest show you've ever done. Yeah, and it, and and rightfully so. And, and it's and it hasn't felt forced or no. man, as you say manufactured in any way. It's been an organic thing. Yeah. And have you had many of those moments as a promoter? Those um, the, the the great phrase I lean on in life is from Douglas Adams' Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which is mm. "I'd rather be happy than right." Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Have you had many "I'd rather be happy than right" moments? I think that's the whole premise that. I- Booker should take. Yeah. Is I'd rather be happy than right. I get a lot of uh, criticism, criticism probably from other promoters in WhatsApp groups of North being quite relaxed and quite like laid back and, you know, just he's not up. Yeah, he just lets him get on with it. And I think, you know, I've spoke to people who work on the show and they love the fact that they're actually given a bit of creative freedom. Now, there are times where it goes the other way where um, people will pitch ideas and I'll go, really? I need to do this idea. This this has to happen. And then they go and do the idea and it didn't work in the way that they, that they thought. And it's kind of like, cool, that's fine though. No. We're here to make mistakes. Like we are here to kind of... Nobody died. And yeah, just... you've got to take a risk though because it could have been brilliant. So mm. I think, the ha- yeah, I'd rather, I would much rather be happy than right all the time. Like I'm sure my wife says that's not how I am. But like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Tell me about an idea that you have pitched that talent has said no to. And tell me about an idea that talent has pitched that you've said no to. In terms of stuff I've said no to, um, I'm probably going to actually... Um, I don't think anyone ever really says no, and I don't think that's a way that we really work with it, I guess. I think people will probably show resistance to stuff. Okay. And with, uh, But then I'll either go, yeah, good point fine, I'll use somebody else and do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, no, that doesn't really happen. But 
I think the conversation should never just be as black and white as like directing someone just to do something straight up. And I think that happens quite a lot. But if you can have an open conversation with somebody and say, right, I've got this plan for you. What do you want to do with it? I think Will Cruz didn't want to kind of turn heel. Like, mm. you know, that's been a thing. Actually, I think turning heel tends to be the one. Biggest one, I'm not going to dig Will Cruz out too much on that one, but I will dig out Shreddy on, and he said this on his, on his mm. uh, Desert Island Discs where, I, you know, I called him a natural heel. He said like, well, he is a natural heel. Have you seen him on Twitter recently? Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> and I was like, he didn't want to do it. Though. No, we spoke, yeah, we spoke on that yeah. and there was a real reluctance to be a bad guy. Yeah, and I think, I understand that. But I'm very much, I come from very much, now, wrestling is very nuanced like no other kind of art form, I think, where actually, you know, I think wrestlers should be looked at as actors. And I think it would be healthier for the industry if we look at wrestlers as actors. And maybe not, but there is a blurring of lines and kayfabe's been a thing. And, you know, merch tables and all of that. And, you know, the idea of seeing this superhero in the ring and then seeing them, getting, getting a picture with them is something that wrestling fans absolutely love, which is great. But I feel like we can we can extract some of the weird toxic behaviors from fans and wrestlers by just seeing these people as actors and playing characters. So the way I always approach it is kind of going, yeah, but it'd be good for your character if you turned into a bad guy right now. <laughs> like, I think wrestlers sometimes see that as like, yeah, but I'm going to be a bad guy now. Maybe I'll sell less T-shirts or people will talk to me differently or, or whatever. Whereas I see it more as the device in a story. Mm. So I think... No, I don't think there's anything that's been like rejected out of hand other than I just think resistance. A resistance to turn heel for yeah for I, some. Yeah, and I mean like Doris showed resistance to the tag partner that I put to him for mm. the tag tournament. Um if it hadn't been with a good reason and a good alternative, then you'd be a bit like, oh, all right. Like yeah. but it was came with a good idea and a good alternative. It's like, yeah, cool, let's do it. Um I think, yeah, there's been plenty of ideas that I've definitely turned down. There's been, uh, I won't name names. There's been, I think there's been some stuff pitched to me recently that I'm a bit like, in the light of speaking out, is that appropriate? And it tends to be like romance angles and stuff like that. And mm. I just, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in, in any power dynamic, male, female, or, you know, non-binary, whatever. I don't want any kind of sexual power dynamic in my promotion at the minute, I just don't. I don't think. I don't think you need to do it. So I've had those. I've had that type of stuff turned down. Um, I did have. I know this is going to pop some people and get piss one. <laughs> it's not specifically. Who knows? I'm talking about him. I've had. Um, yeah, uh, I was pitched. Uh, someone was going to get shot with a gun. Okay. In the crowd. Oh yeah, so we decided not to do that, and that's when we ran. And this would be about 2017. It was when we ran in a nightclub mm. in uh, in Newcastle. Uh, but the pitch was pretty much like you know. And then I leave. I was like, okay, so we don't call the police or anything. And then at the next show, I was like, hang on, why would I book you? Yeah, I just <laughs> killed someone. <laughs> Well, Kane got to wrestle during house yeah. arrest in 2003, so yeah. anything's possible. That is true. That is true. I would say we're much lower. Mm. We're on a much lower ebb. If someone had been killed in the Riverside nightclub in Newcastle, <laughs> I don't think I would be allowed to book them again. I would. <laughs> I don't whether you'd be allowed to book again. Full stop. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. It is interesting because I know that Impact Wrestling tend to yeah. quite literally kill people off these days. 
That's quite a common thing. I think that's more, but I think that speaks again about wrestling booking. A lot of people, and this isn't a criticism, I think this is because I spend way too much time thinking about it, is people book for TV. So they'll look at North mm. and they'll go, I've got an idea. And it's this, 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 this. I'm like, cool. How are we going to do that with a show and then seven weeks between the next show? Oh, well, we'll just do some videos. Who's doing the videos? <laughs> well, we can just get them. It's like, right, that's going to cost. <laughs> this, this, this. It's like, we're not, we can't do that. So, yeah. Because a lot of people who who consume wrestling, they've consumed it by watching weekly TV shows, yeah. episodic television. And whilst we all want to be a bit like that, it's just, it's not possible. I was at a five-star wrestling show in... <laughs> In Newcastle, yeah. not not the not that one, another one. <clears throat> um, there's a there was one that was on TV. This one wasn't, but the opening segment was a contract signing yeah. for a match in Sheffield tomorrow night. Yeah, and the match in Sheffield was better than the match that we were getting. I was yeah. there. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think they were they were signing Ray versus AJ. Yes, in Sheffield. So everyone was like. We're gonna see Ray versus AJ tonight. I was like, "Yeah, in Sheffield tomorrow night." I was like, "Right, who are we seeing tonight?" And then I think it was John Morrison versus AJ Styles or something. Like yeah, that. It was which you know, still like, a great match, but it's not Ray Mysterio versus AJ Styles. I just like, often think like that. I picture the bookers backstage doing like that Pikachu gif, like, "Why are they booing it?" <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, I think. Don't but understand. I think you, I do think you get a lot of that in independent wrestling as well, where it's like. Mm. You've got to, and I think one of the reasons why we've been successful is because we put so much of an emphasis, well, two things. One, I think we've got a load of people outside of wrestling to come in and work on the show who are fans of wrestling, mm. but have experience elsewhere. I say, I say you are someone like that who's got experience elsewhere yeah. and can bring these skills to a wrestling ring. Very much the same as I was. I, was not in, I wasn't brought up through wrestling. I only know wrestling. You know, like Alex is the same videographer at Townside Cinema, very talented documentary maker, won awards and all that. Comes mm. into wrestling, has a much smaller budget to work with, but yeah, is able to deliver something that maybe nobody else is doing. But the main thing I think is that we then provide, of which Tom's a massive part of, is the live experience, is a real live experience that people, I think most of our crowd don't actually watch us on, on uh, video, on demand the people who come to the show, I think there's only a small portion who will also watch it back on demand. I think our on-demand audience or elsewhere are the people who can't come to the live show. Mm. Because I think the live show stands up so well as its own performance piece. That's what it is. That's what we look at it. As, yeah. as wanky as that sounds. I'm sure there's loads of promoters now. I think... There's not, probably not loads of promoters watching this. <laughs> there might be a couple there who might are going be like, oh my God. But, but there's some that. truth to that. I think yeah. you can kind of, I think there's, um, you get lost if you try and just say, no, it's a wrestling show. Yeah. And it's more than that. It I is, so, yeah. you know, I think that it's it's a weird old argument to go, no, it's just wrestling. Don't. I think because for the longest of time, the only game in town was sports entertainment. Yeah. So there'll forever be a rally against that concept. Yeah. So anything that isn't called just wrestling, wrestling, yeah, yeah. is it's somehow part of the problem rather well, than the people, solution. Yeah, exactly. And I think people are scared when they run a wrestling show of alienating wrestling fans. So I think our audience is kind of like split up quite nicely. And it's like, you have to provide a show... You don't have to, but I think if you if you want to capture that wrestling audience, it has your, your wrestling show has to stand up to wrestling fans. Yeah. But I also think you can treat those wrestling fans to something a little bit different. And I think there's a desire for it. I'm not saying we do like Lucha Underground stuff, but like that's an example, I would say, of a show 
that when you know all wrestling fans don't only watch wrestling quite a few do and they, <laughs> and, they, and they should go and watch other things but like here's some here's another way of doing it so i'm not saying we're on that level by any stretch but i think we also have a portion of people who only come to north shows who come to north to, the, the only wrestling that they really take in is our show yeah it's a smaller segment i would say but and i think it's just important to do that like if you're pay, if you're getting that person to pay for a ticket give them a live experience that's worth that ticket don't just think about your on-demand stuff don't just think about your wrestling fans. Think about a wider audience. Uh, gonna, there's some general questions for you I'd like yeah. to ask. What's the greatest wrestling story ever told? Um, the greatest wrestling... Uh, you know what? I think there's a couple in there. I think... I th- I still think Austin versus Mr. McMahon is mm-hmm. just... It's because it's so basic, like, in its premise. It's just you want to kick the shit out of your boss. Mm-hmm. And that's class. <laughs> like, especially when their boss is like a mad Republican nutter. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean? I'm sure Austin was also a Republican, like, you know, but I think that, I think I loved, you know what? I loved all of, I, I, I'm an Attitude Era kid, so it's like, I loved the corporate ministry stuff, which is just like the most convoluted bollocks you've ever seen. <laughs> um, I really like the longer term, like, blood feuds as well, though. I think Dreamer and Raven was great. I think, um, uh, like, the Cactus Jack, uh, Terry Funk stuff, where it's just these, like, just arcs that are just constantly just, like, and they go on in, per- in perpetuity and they just, you know, never end. But I do feel, I, I, I don't think you get ever going to top Austin McMahon. I just think it's the best story in wrestling. It was the greatest wrestling character ever created. I think it's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. I, I, I mean, is he my favourite? Probably not. But is he the best one? I think so. I think he has to be. I think The Rock's not too far behind, but I think Austin was a better, probably a better wrestler, better storyteller, more organic as well. I think. I think the thing with the with The Rock, uh, he came from being booed and being really disliked, and then they went right. Well, we're going to lean into that. Austin was just like this wave of organic love from everyone for a character. So I think, yeah, I think you know they, they they were both at the same period, and it was it's a it's a great study of how, on paper, the rocks the baby face and Austin's the heel. It's Messi Ronaldo, isn't it? It's the same yeah, thing. Yeah, it's the same thing. But it's like, but the you you couldn't get further apart. You couldn't have got that more wrong. Yeah, like no, Rock's the bad guy because he's yeah. such an ass. Austin's an ass, but we love him. Yeah, it's the whole idea that you know people it's as is that there's a whole school of thought people believe that everybody is 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 hardwired to be bad yeah. anybody who is good is pretending they're not bad yeah. which i don't buy but i respect why like someone like an austin would be beloved because yeah. he's just unashamedly unabashedly unapologetically steve austin and i think there's gray area in that which i think is like now we're getting to that period in wrestling where actually gray area it's really difficult to get black and white it's really difficult mm. to get heel and face so you kind of exist within the gray area. And I think he was probably the first one to have that gray area and go like, yeah, he's a bit of a dick. And I mean, off camera, he's a bit of a dick as well. <laughs> but I don't think there was one more universally, like the cool guys who cheer the heels, who I hate, <laughs> the cool guys, they loved him. The kids, they loved him. The dads, they loved him. The mums, they loved him. Like everyone and everyone in between all loved him. And I think... I hate to be that reductive because I, I could go on about like the Steen and Generico Ring of Honor stuff and then how that then come and play it out again in WWE later on. Mm. Like 
I even think the Bloodline stuff's been really good until it kind of like tailed off. It's tailed off a little bit, I think. But like when it the peak Sammy turn, it was like yeah. some of that, some of the best wrestling storyline uh, telling uh, storytelling I've seen. I hate the fact that it's all existed probably within WWE and the biggest platform. But if you go back to WrestleMania 17, the build to Austin Rock, the hype package, which mm. is the most important thing in wrestling, obviously, yeah. I don't think I don't think there's a better way of telling. I don't think a, sto- a better story has been told than that. I don't think. What's your favorite one? Oh, good question. It'd be Big Daddy versus Giant Haystack. <laughs> it's Chris when Brule. he belly pushed him out of the ring. <laughs> what a day that was for me. Chris Sprouls versus Sprouls Tyler. Great storytelling. Um, gosh, my favorite. I think it would. I think Rock Austin's the really obvious one, but I yeah. also really love the way that they they work the CM Punk departure into yes. yeah, his yeah. title run, yeah. in the sense that they just let him go out there, sit cross legged, and yeah. speak his mind. And then it was one of those very very rare occasions that in WWE system where everything is so controlled, yeah. we genuinely didn't know where the lines were. I think there's. I think there's actually something to be said about that with WWE. Not that I'm a big WWE mark at all, and I feel like I'm coming across as a real. <laughs> McMahon sympathizer <laughs> at the minute. But I think they actually do let people go at times. And I think the Yes movement, the Brian Daniels. They have uh, them more as of late, but I think that's more not to do with McMahon. I think that's yeah, more yeah. to do with McMahon taking his hands off the wheel a bit and letting or being Paul. Like, or being pushed off the or wheel. Or being pushed off the wheel slightly. Inappropriately grubbed somebody. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> but I think, I think I think since Paul, since Triple H has taken yeah, yeah. more control, you have seen a little bit more freedom for better or for worse. Yeah, I think, for, I think from the, everybody. But, that's, but that goes back to the happy than uh, you're rather be happy than right, right? So yeah. you're going to have you have to have bad stuff to have good stuff as, der- like, as mm. dumb as that sounds. No, you need it. You need yeah. it. Well, I think if you look at the, uh, the uh, Triple H stuff that he did in NXT, the first, like the, the, the first launch of it and then yeah. the Champa um, Gargano stuff was unbelievable. Even Pac's run as champion was great and Sami Zayn and all that. Like that was all relatively organic. It felt like, you don't know how, how organic it probably was, but yeah, I think, but that's the best thing about wrestling. There's so many storylines to be found in there. And I think, the, you know, uh, unfortunately, WWE have actually done the best ones. It's really <laughs> Yes, you have. <laughs> Here's a question for you, Booker yeah. Man. Right? Um, you're about to start work on the next show, mm. right? Your next show's around the corner. You're looking at a blank piece of paper or a blank Google Doc. What's the first question you ask yourself? Um, oh, God, can I be asked to do this again? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> What's the second question? <laughs> I think it would be looking at the last card and going, like, what what, what stories have we got going on? Like, what threads have we got that we... Are we pulling something together? Is it the time to pull the trigger on something? Like, mm. is, this the, is this the end of this story? Are we going to go and, um, you know, what what... What beat are we at on this particular storyline? And is it, yeah, and how does it fit? Um, you've then got, after that, is, okay, cool, I'm going to book them versus them. I better email them and ask them, are they available? Oh, they're not available. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Would it be a case of building a card yeah. and then just going, right, Can is everybody free for this? I, I think what we have now is a core roster of people. So we have, like, mm-hmm. I would, I'd actually say, I was looking at the last two shows, Weirdly enough, the NCL Cup that we did was the most watched on-demand show that we've ever done. 
by quite some way. And I feel that was because we had, we, we told a story within a within a story, I guess. Mm. Um, and that was like with real core roster members that we use every show pretty much or there thereabouts. So I think we, and I normally I have like a pool of people that I'm like, well, we'll definitely use Liam. We're definitely going to use Rory. We're definitely going to use Landed Gentry. We've got to blah, blah, blah. All these down. Who do we fit them with? Is there an opportunity? Then, and then I'll look in kind of like, is there an opportunity to bring in somebody who's kind of come from overseas or whatever? Or do we bring somebody overseas? Or is there somebody knocking about that we could really do with having on our show? Or is there somebody, you know, that we really want to book on a show that we haven't booked yet? Can we bring them in? Who's a good opponent for them? How do we do, what do we do with them? And it's one of those things of like, it's almost like getting pen on paper and just working it until it becomes... You know, like the day before the show, going like, right, finalize it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they've, they've dropped out. They're injured. <laughs> but it's right till the very end, isn't it? It's it right be, till... Yeah. It shouldn't be, but it is. It tends to be that last week, whereas it used to really freak me out that that happened. Now I'm kind of like some kind of weird sadomasochist who's like, who's going to drop out today? What's... It kind of became a, a, almost a, a meme for a while, yeah. where it's like, oh, it's a North, of course, it's a North show day, so everything it's strange, falls though, apart. Because it, it is a show that people really like working, so... I don't think it's ever been through anyone being flaky, really. There's been a couple of flaky ones where you think, oh, he could probably made that or whatever. But on the main, it tends to be just really bad luck. Mm. And it's like, oh, for God's sake, like, that is just... But, you know, just roll with it and just go with it. At the end of that, the show always... The, the, like, 100% of the time, the show's always happened. Oh, yeah. Even when, like, last-minute things have happened. If it's me and you having to get in the ring, Tom... We'll be fine. <laughs> You've got more experience, though. We'll have a go. We'll have a go. <laughs> Hey, it could happen at Thunderstruck, July fifteenth yeah, yeah. at the Walker Dome. Yeah, let's let, let sell it on Thunderstruck. Yes. So biggest show North's ever done. Yeah, thousand people. Already the biggest show. Yeah, thousand would be the dream. We could, yeah, we've got we've got our benchmarks, but we've already the most tickets we've ever sold for a show. We've got Gangrel, which is quite weird. That's so good. <laughs> I'm really happy with that one. Buzzing yeah. that Gangrel is going to be Scott on the show. Scott he's coming back. We booked him after he did the last show. He was like, yeah, I want to do that. I'll do it. I'll he loved it, didn't he? He loved yeah. North Reston, did Scotty? Yeah, so he was already booked in. He built his tour around it, basically. This, wow. This time. Do that. Uh, Mercedes Martinez as well, which is one that kind of like just popped up out of nowhere, which is wonderful. AW's Mercedes Martinez. Yeah, former Ring of Honor women's champion. Oh. Um, she's, yeah, that's really exciting. And Joey Janela as well, which I don't know how he's going to operate within a family-friendly environment. Well, it'd be interesting because uh, already the challenge was thrown down for yeah. the North Wrestling Ultraviolet title. I don't, we're going to have to like, with Clint all the kids in the crowd, are we like to call it the Ultraviolet title? Ooh. We're going to have to give it a PG name for the night. I hadn't thought of that. The ultra fun title. The ultra fun. I think I think it'd be fine. I think ultra violent. I think if we limit how often we say it, just say it the once. Just say it the once. Yeah. We call it ultra violent. We'll just we can just say it's a hardcore match. And then if the following is a hardcore match for the North Wrestling Ultra Violent Championship, we'll call it the Ultra Violet Championship. We'll do that terrible match that Bray Wyatt did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just put some nice lights up. But it makes way more sense than that one. Oh yeah, do do Clinton Joey know it's a family friendly show? Yeah, that's fine. It's gonna be. We're gonna have some doors and yeah, I think I'll be about it. Doors are good. Tables, tables, and maybe maybe some chairs, but we'll see. Be a be so be a part of the biggest North Wrestling show in history. Northwrestling.co.uk for tickets. Liam and Leon as well in the main event. Yeah, it's going to be cool. That's cool. I mean, again, we've told the story already here of Leon Slater yeah. from pre-show to main event. Yeah. We're going to have some steps. really cool 
Um, Alex has been doing some hype package videos on that. He's been interviewing them. He's, uh, yeah, he's got some, got, doing his magic on telling that story as well. So that, which I think we'll be releasing in the next couple of days, the first part in that kind of story. Uh, I think you really, yeah, I think you're going to see something special in that match. We still don't know where it's going to go. Like, it's, I think it's exciting. It's exciting as much for me as it is for anyone in the crowd. We've still got some tickets available on the floor as well. So, and some front row tickets. So, yeah. Come be part of the biggest North wrestling show ever. Yeah. Uh, and where can people keep up to date with North and what you're up to and all that other good stuff? Twitter's probably the most active on there. Uh, North uh, at North underscore NCL and everything else is North Wrestling NCL Facebook, Instagram, all that NorthWrestling.co.uk we're on Patreon where I do some like Q&As and stuff like that now and uh, all you get you get first dibs on the video on the on-demand stuff there that's Patreon.com forward slash North Wrestling NCL we're on Fight Plus now as well which is really cool um, yeah I think that's everywhere you can find us just remember all caps yeah it is all, all caps else. <laughs> Andrew Bowers from North Wrestling. I respect you, you, Booker Man. I respect you too. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts of up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Cultaholic.